Greetings, fans, and welcome to the second edition of the CIAC cast. I'm your host, Joel Cookson, and we are thrilled to have you with us for episode two of our new venture here with the CIAC cast. We hope you enjoyed episode one. We are certainly very excited about it. And by we, I mean myself and maybe one or two of my uh, colleagues here, along with uh, my wife, who likes hearing my voice on the uh, the radio or on the internet occasionally. But we are hoping that you're enjoying this. We hope to continue to tweak it a little bit as we go forward. So we're here with the second episode, and let's get right to it. Coming up this week, we have Henry Chisholm of the New Haven Register. He's going to talk a little bit about some girls basketball tournament action. We're going to chat with Jonathan Law, direct gymnastics coach Pat Simon. He's also the co-director of the CIAC gymnastics tournament. Then we're going to wrap it up with a chat with Dave Rudin of the Stanford Advocate as we dive into the boys basketball tournament action. But before we get to all that, we'll start with our favorite returning segment. Happens to be our only returning segment, and that is things you might have missed as we take a look at some of the stories and information that's available on the CIAC website. That, of course, is CIACsports.com. We hope you're checking it out regularly, and let's take a look at some of the things that you can find there that have been added since last week. First of all, links for this podcast, which will be appearing every, hopefully every Thursday on CIACsports.com. We will do a new post for each one, but there will be one page where all of the park all of the podcasts will be archived and also has a so you can listen to the podcast there and there's also a link to subscribe on iTunes if you want to follow us that way so that's the best way to keep track with all of our podcasts as we update it weekly we've also added a new email address if you want to try and get in touch with us ask us a question to be featured on the podcast or just uh, give us a little feedback whatever you would like to pass along you can do so at the following email address that is CIACCast, got to get all those C's in there, at CASCIAC.org. So that's CIACCast at CASCIAC.org. Again, all of those C's, got to find your way through them. So also on the CIACSports.com, tournament brackets and results now available for girls basketball and boys basketball. We are into tournament season, as well as the qualifiers for the gymnastics open, which will take place this Friday at New Milford. Those are all can all be found on the tournament central page on CIACSports.com. Sports.com. encourage you to bookmark that spot. If you're looking for tournament information, that's the best place to go. Also on that tournament central page from updated from last week, we have results from last weekend's Wrestling Open. We previewed that for you on the first edition of the CIAC cast. I hope you'll check out the results with Dan Barry claiming the Open Championship this past weekend. Also some very exciting news that we were able to put up on Monday. Longtime Cheshire High school swim coach Ed Aston has been chosen for induction into the National Federation of State High School Association's Sports High School Hall of Fame. So a tremendous honor for that Connecticut coaching legend. There is a release on CIACsports.com with details out about the induction and the other folks who are going in as well. And we'll have more info to come hopefully on CIACsports.com and the CIAC cast in the coming weeks as we highlight that tremendous honor for Ed Aston. And then after last week's previews where 
There were mentions of the New England Championships in both indoor track and wrestling. Those competitions are taking place this weekend, with wrestling being held at Providence Career and Technical Center in Rhode Island on Friday and Saturday, and the indoor New England Track and Field Championships will be at the Reggie Lewis Center in Boston, Massachusetts. If you want to find information about those competitions, you can check out newenglandsports.com. That'll have all of the info you want. So that's things you might have missed on CIACsports.com, and let's move on to dig a little deeper into our topic for this week, those stories that we mentioned. And we're going to begin with the girls' basketball tournament brackets. They were released last Friday. We've had opening round play in all four classifications, and we want to talk a little bit more about what's happening in the tournament and what might be happening on the horizon. So I'm happy to be joined now on the phone by Henry Chisholm of the New Haven Register, covers girls' basketball for the Register, and we're happy to have him with us. Henry, thanks for joining us today. Have a good one. Thanks for having me. No, no problem at all. We're doing well. Excited to be into uh, postseason time here as we uh, start to move into the beginning of March. And so wanted to talk to you a little bit about the girls' basketball tournament. Uh, we're just into the opening round here, recording this on a Thursday. But wanted to back up a little bit uh, before the opening round games were even played and wanted to ask you, when you first saw the girls' uh, pairings released, what, if anything, jumped out at you before we even started playing these uh, tournament games? What what jumped out at you from the pairings themselves? Well, I'd say a class double level, just the fact that you've got Career and Mercy, you know, on separate ends. You know, Career being the sixth seed, Mercy being the top seed. Those two teams have a good history this past season, uh, meeting each other in the uh, Southern County Conference Championship game with Career winning that game by stalling in the fourth quarter and taking it out the basketball. And then in Class S, not a lot of people are talking about this game or looking at this game, but Summers and High Leadership, they're going to play um, in the second round in Class S. That jumped out of me as a really good matchup because you got DeAndre DeRosa, who's a great player at Summers, and uh, Trainees Mims, who's the only girls basketball player at High to score over 1,000 points to see just a junior. So those two matchups really pointed out at me as a, some good games to, uh, to check out. Great. So, yeah, certainly some uh, some interesting things projecting down the road a little bit. And kind of leading into that, what are you uh, most looking forward to seeing or, or hoping to see as we uh, as we progress through the tournament here, as I mentioned, just, a, just one round in, but kind of looking ahead, what are some things that you're uh, hoping to see on the horizon as we move forward? Well, you know what I think we're going to see is we're going to see some great games because in the first round there really were not a lot of upsets. So you got a lot of top seeds advancing. Um, you know, you look at class double L, you've got number four Glastonbury taking on number 13, Norwich Free Academy, two teams that won uh, their conference tournaments. Glastonbury taking the Central Connecticut Conference and NFA taking the uh, ECC. So that's going to be a great matchup that you uh, that you want to check out. And then East Hartford taking on Lawson Hall, so that's going to be a, a good game. So I think what you're going to see in the second round is some really close games because you've got all the top seeds playing against each other. Yeah, absolutely. And that's, you know, certainly it's uh, like like the March Madness that everybody knows. The upsets can be fun, but you also do like to see those uh, those top teams squaring off against each other as you progress uh, in the tournament. So now that we are uh, around in, has anything uh, has anything surprised you thus far? Anything that's uh, that's kind of shocked you a little bit or, um, you know, really caught you off guard from what's happened just with uh, the, the results we've had through the first round? Just two things. I like Amity, uh, just being working at the Minnesota Register and covering a lot of SEC games. I saw Amity a few times. They play really good defense. Chloe Britton is a 
good story for them. She knocked down some shots. She averaged about 12 points per game this year. So I thought they would do better. They lost in the first round to East Hartford. And in the class L, I thought four and another SEC team would also do a little bit better. They lost in the first round as well. They lost by uh, 10 points, 41-31. So just those two games jumped out at me and uh, kind of surprised me. But other than that, so far, everything is, is pretty normal. I didn't think there was going to be a lot of upsets this year, and that kind of helped serve in the first round. So, like I said, second-round basketball is going to be really good. You're going to see a lot of good, close games, a lot of top teams playing against each other. And I think you're going to really start to see that March Madness atmosphere come out this round and going forward until we get to Mohegan Sun Arena. Absolutely. What What was it that made you uh, suspect that maybe this wouldn't be too many he- too heavy on the upsets, at least in the early rounds? Was that something you saw during the course of the season that made you uh, think that that might be the way this tournament went? Yeah, you know, you just look at some of these matchups and just the top teams, some of the, the, the lower teams just did not match up well with some of the top teams that they had to play. So it just, I had a hard time seeing, you know, Newington beat Southington or Shelton beat Danbury, you know, matchups like that. So, you know, it just didn't look like a year where you would see a ton of upsets. There's a lot of good girls basketball players in the county here, a lot of good girls basketball teams, but then you also got the teams that struggle a bit, and if you can get to eight wins, you're in, but it doesn't necessarily mean you can, you know, play with the big dogs, and some of the teams couldn't, couldn't play with them. So it didn't look like a year where you'd see a ton of upsets, but you're going to see a, a lot of competitive games going forward. Absolutely. Um, so for some of our more, you know, casual fans, maybe teams, fans that don't have a, an alliance to a particular team, what are some players or teams that maybe they might want to really make an effort to see as the, uh, the tournament goes forward? Well, I mentioned them before. I will bring them up again. Number one, Mercy in Class Double L. You got Maria Wesley, scored a thousand career points, going to Southern Connecticut State University. Uh, she's one of the best shooters you're going to find in the state of Connecticut. And uh, she also plays alongside Jordan Napy, who's also a good shooter. And uh, they're playing in the second round in the Class Double L tournament against Sacred Heart Academy with Shala Osman, good point guard. She's got good handles. She can get inside the paint. She can also knock down some outside shots. Want to check out career? You've got three girls on that team who, in my opinion, can all play Division One basketball. Nicole Anderson, who's a senior, she's already signed to Manhattan, so she's D1. She's D1 certified. Then you've got Tanea Atkinson, who's their uh, junior forward. She won most outstanding player with the Southern Connecticut Conference Tournament. I think she's D1. And you have a sophomore point guard, Alyssa Austin, who, when they milked the clock in that game, she's the one that came up with the idea in the fourth quarter, just doing crossovers left and right, made a girl fall down and driving to the basket, knocking down shots. So those two teams I like. And all the way in class, as the small class, it's going to be a one of those odd years where if Capital Prep can keep it going and win the state championship, you might have a Class S team being ranked number one in the state of Connecticut. Last year, the Class S winner was Coggenshaw. They were number nine after beating Capital Prep. The number one team probably should be Capital Prep if they win it this year. You know, again, three girls on that team that all could play, that all could play Division One basketball. You've got Snoop James, her first name, her real name is Dejane, but they call her Snoop after the character from The Wire because she's so tough. <laughs> one of the best point guards you're going to find, uh, Kyle Gillespie, Another strong player inside. Um, she's got some good moves uh, on the perimeter to win the basketball. And Desiree Elmore, just a freshman, but I've heard that she's uh, been getting some interest from schools like Marquette, UConn. So you got a lot of talented players in the state of Connecticut, and you're going to see all that talent really show the tournament now with some of these better matchups with some of these top teams playing against each other. 
Absolutely. It's going to be very, very exciting as we progress forward. As I mentioned, just one round in, so we've got uh, a lot of tournament basketball still to be played. Henry Chisholm, you can check out his work on for the New Haven Register in the, uh, the print edition or at nhregister.com. He wrote a great uh, top 10 storylines to look for before the uh, girls' basketball tournament, so I encourage you to, to check that out. And Henry, thanks for, the, uh, for all the knowledge you uh, passed along here for us as we head into the tournament, and uh, we'll certainly be checking in with you as, uh, as things progress in the next couple of weeks moving towards Mohegan Sun. We thank you for joining us. Great. Thanks a lot for having me. All right. Thanks again to Henry Chisholm for joining us from the New Haven Register. Some great information there, and we apologize for some of the uh, the feedback there on his end. That was my issue, trying to sort out some of the technical details here as we get deeper into the CIAC cast. And we hope you bear with us for the great information that these folks are able to provide. Moving along now, we talk about some girls' gymnastics, the Girls' Gymnastics Open Championships this Friday at New Milford High School. Competition getting get underway at 5 p.m. in that one. We had the class championships this past weekend with Southington earning the victory in the L championship, Daniel Hand in the M, Woodstock Academy in the S. Those teams are now moving on to compete in the for the team open championship, along with Glastonbury also qualifying. The top four teams move on in that one. And I'm happy to be joined now by Pat Simon, who is the co-director of the CIAC Gymnastics Tournament, is also the coach at Jonathan Law High School. Happy to have Pat with us. So, Pat, first up, let me ask you, as you look at that, just the team competition this weekend, how would you try to break down who's going to come out with that open title this Friday? That's a, that's a difficult because, it um, you know, you can get up there and a kid can have a phenomenal day and another kid can have, um, you know, just a, a, a horrible day, just fall off everything. Sure. You know, you, you build up something like that and it's uh, – um, it's it's difficult it's difficult to uh, actually say which ones are going to be strong. Um, you know, like like Woodstock Academy, I saw a lot of their girls falling. You know, but still scored higher than anybody else in the state. You know, right, so, right. Uh, so it's going to be Woodstock, Glastonbury, Southington, and Daniel Hand competing on um, Friday, and then that would be. Uh, um, that could be close between those three, but I don't see them. Uh, you know, uh, I don't see it now. However, um, anything's possible. You know, if they've got got an injury or somebody sick in Woodstock, um, you know, that could definitely all of a sudden turn it around and you say, "Wow, they were heavily favored. What happened?" Yeah. You know. But uh, it does see. You know, it would seem like gymnastics, like you said, would be a sport where you know there because there's such a you know, sort of, they're walking a fine line. You know, you can, you could, just somebody could, one individual could have a bad day, and it could uh, lead to, you know, to some results that maybe people aren't expecting. Would you say that's the case? Oh yes, yeah, yeah. You, you could. It's, I, I would hate to say that you have a bad day, uh, but there are, you know, situations that can come up. You know, it's uh, not like your, your whole team is depending on one person, but when you've got four strong individuals, they've all got a hit. And if, you know, one of them makes an error or if they're under a lot of pressure, if um, somebody doesn't, then, um, you know, that, that's that's hard to, uh, to put the blame on the high school girls. Yeah, no, absolutely. It's a, it's a, a lot of a lot sort of riding on, on one, you know, on a couple performances. Yes. Uh, 
for for those for those uh, events. Um, what about some of the sort of individual events? Are there there are particular things that you think are, are noteworthy, or or some performers that are you know a little uh, a little more well known that maybe folks could could watch this weekend? Or, or I guess you know what will you be looking for? Uh, sort of as I assume you'll be there on on Friday, uh, kind of checking it out. You know, they're within tenths of a point. These kids, their averages. Yeah. They're within tenths of a point for the the top the top six places. Um, and to look at and then to pick out one kid, um, there is nobody that is way out there. The uh, looking at balance beam, there's two kids that are within three hundredth of a point average. Right. There, and that's that is so critical. Then the other thing is uh, who was judging them during the year. You know, we get one kid from one part of the state, one from another. Judges see things differently, and they get there to the state tournament, and um, you know, now there's two judges scoring you. Right. You know, for the openers, where they let it all hang out, and we've had some kids way down low on that list come up and medal. Yeah. So it's it can be almost anybody's uh, anybody's meet. As I'm as I'm looking through here, uh, is it within hundreds of a point on floor exercise? Uh, all around, um, yeah, all around again within tenths of a point, and, you know, and then that's counting all four scores. So right. There's, there's um, you know, I, I hate to do it this way, but there's, the, I can't really just come out and pick which kids I think are going to be the stars out there. Sure. Who's going to do well? You know, you stand there and you watch. And you think, all right, this kid coming up, yeah, I know, yeah, she's a little strong. I was watching in warm-ups and see how she can do. Um, you know, it's like saying in basketball, uh, who's your best foul shooter and how do you think he's going to do in this game? You know, it's uh, it's, it's tough to try to bring out. Um, you know, so I would say that the meet is going to be a, a very strong meet. There's going to be uh, a lot of individual competition. And then there's now with this new format, where who are the top teams in the state? We have the top four teams competing against each other. Right. Uh, there's this is going to be a, a, an excellent example of high school gymnastics here in Connecticut. Um, from your experience, you talked a little bit about you know the this this is you know for a lot of these these girls this is sort of the chance to let it all hang out. Would you would you say or in your experience do you think that their their kids are going to come in and and try some things maybe that they haven't tried or you know or haven't tried in competition before some do some definitely do try and and just bring it all out because they know they're within tenth and this one little part can do it for them and it's uh to go all out for it and try that harder element and if they make it great uh, i saw um for example, on my own team, and we were only ranked fifth going into the tournament, and I had eight girls who got their career best scores at that meet. And that's a, a very difficult meet because you've got two judges, but they just went out and tried their, their best to get the best, you know, do the best that they could, and it, it showed. I was very impressed with them. I mean, my team ended up being second place. We never expected that. And you'll find that this. Open championship. This is where, you know, these girls are. They're going for individual. They are going to try their very best because now it's an individual. Just it's not a team thing. Well, except for those four girls that are members of teams, but for the rest of them, it's all individual. And and here's their last shot at doing something for you know to represent their high school. Sure. Yeah. So they there will be um, some kids um, 
pulling stuff out, working really hard at it, and uh, you know, it, it's uh, it's fun to watch, especially when they start hitting. Right. You know, yeah. You know. so. All right. Well, thanks very much, Pat. I appreciate it. Great. All right, and we thanks. will uh, talk to you. Enjoy the uh, enjoy the meet on Friday. Great stuff there from Pat Simon, the co-director of the CIAC Girls Gymnastics Championships, and you will be able to check out that uh, competition on Friday at CIAC.tv. The CIAC Network and Play on Sports will be bringing that one to you, so we encourage you to check that out as well. Finally, we wrap up this week with a look at boys basketball. The tournament pairings announced on Wednesday. We reach out now to Dave Rudin of the Stamford Advocate, who covers boys basketball primarily in the FCIC, but also across the state, to see what he's got to say on the tournament pairings as we head into the basketball postseason. We're joined now on the phone by Dave Rudin of the Stamford Advocate. You can find his stuff online at stamfordadvocate.com, his excellent overtime blog, along with many other things. And Dave, uh, thank you for joining us. Uh, Joel, thanks a lot. Always, uh, always a pleasure, and I appreciate you having me on. Not a problem. We're happy to uh, dive into this boys' basketball tournament bracket here. So I know, obviously, uh, most of the the teams you cover down in the uh, the FCAC, but wanted to try to get your uh, input a little bit on the tournament boys' basketball pairings released on Wednesday. After looking at the pairings a bit, what if anything uh, jumped out at you overall before we uh, get into the boys' tournament here in the next couple days? I think. Probably what's the biggest storyline that I could see right off the bat is the bottom half of the double L draw. Uh, I know back when the CIAC held the Division One, Two, Three, Four tournaments, uh, the Division One tournament may have been the greatest sporting event I've seen the CIAC hold, along with the football tournaments. And you got all the best teams in the state playing in one one bracket. Uh, you almost have that in the in the bottom half of the double L bracket. I mean, you just look at the teams that are there. You got Hill House. You have Central, which is only a number ten seed, but is playing as well as anybody right now. You have St. Joseph in there. You've got Windsor in there. Uh, it's just absolutely loaded. So I think that whole bottom half of the tournament, you're going to see after the first round, you're going to see a whole bunch of great games. Uh, a lot of a lot of good teams that with a different draw might have stayed in the tournament a little bit longer are going to be going home early. So I think that's one of the biggest storylines. Now, there's a couple of little human interest things. I know uh, one of the teams I cover most is Trinity Catholic, and they play in the L. They are going to play tonight in the FCF Championship game against Bridgeport Central. And if form holds, they could end up then in the state play tournament playing Harding in the first round and Bassick in the second round. So they could conceivably have three games in a row against the three Bridgeport members of the FCF. So I think that's something that's a little interesting. <clears throat> uh, the L tournament's the L tournament's interesting as well. I think you got uh, a lot of good talent spread out there and that might be the one the one draw where I, I can as I'm sure we'll talk about in a little bit I could see a, a sleeper emerging but I think the overriding storyline right now is just that, that murderous bottom half of the double L tournament. Yeah, I certainly noticed that as well when the uh, the pairings came out. Really just a incredibly deep field in double L this year and uh, certainly could uh, could lead to some exciting stuff, you know, and some exciting stuff early on in the tournament, you know, not having to wait till the uh, the semifinals and the finals. 
Um, just for, and I just asked this question talking about the girls' basketball, so I'll ask it as well here. For those fans that maybe don't have an allegiance to a particular school, but just like, uh, you know, to follow the boys' basketball tournament, what are some of the teams and players to, that you think kind of to watch for the casual fan as the uh, in the various tournaments as we get going here? Well, I know one of the one of the things that will be going on in Double L is going to be, will there be a fourth game between Fairfield Prep and Hill House. Hill House uh, took a two-to-one edge in the season series in the league tournament uh, Tuesday night. So I think that's one of the storylines that people are going to be looking at. Uh, Fairfield Prep obviously has had uh, one of its best years with uh, Pascal Chucklu, the seven-foot transfer from Trinity Catholic, and the freshman Ryan Murphy. So I think that's one of the things that people are going to be on the look for, uh, you have a couple of FCAC teams playing each other in the first round, as is almost inevitable. You've got uh, in Double L, you got Ridgefield, Greenwich, and you also have West Holm and Norwalk. So it tends to get a couple of FCAC teams to playing each other, teams in every sport, and knocking each other out. Uh, I think number four Crosby in the upper half of the Double L, they're probably the team that has the best chance of knocking off prep. And they have a great player in Tyshawn Rogers who's just having a monstrous year for them. So I think that's somebody that you've got to keep an eye on. And then I think there are probably two standout players that could carry their teams to championships in M and S. In M, you've got Bethel, which is the three seed, and they got Daniel Garvin, uh, who's had a tremendous year for them. And I think they're going to be a prohibitive favorite to win that tournament. And then you go to Class S, and you have uh, Capital Prep, the one seed, and they've got Khalil Dukes, who is headed to University of Southern California. Uh, and, and I would think he's going to be a big storyline. Prep, Capital Prep is going to be very, very difficult to beat in the S field. I think a lot of people... Uh, are expecting them to uh, follow the yellow brick road. Absolutely. We'll look forward to uh, to seeing some of those players and teams uh, in the next few weeks. Projecting ahead a little bit, and obviously this is contingent on uh, on you know teams winning uh, maybe that you think uh, going forward, but what games maybe in the, the earlier rounds of the tournament, not going all the way to the semifinals or finals, but some of the earlier rounds of the tournament, what are some games that maybe you – would like to see happen in the, the earlier rounds that, that fans could look for? So maybe some, some strong matchups that could take place in the first couple of rounds. Uh, I think in just looking at double L, uh, they have slumped the end of this year. They're, they've lost uh, five of six games. But when they're playing well, if West Hill can revive itself and get its trapping defense going again and use that to ignite its transition game, uh, I would like to see a, a second-round game against Crosby. They uh, must still step up in class and, and win a game like that. I think that would be interesting. Uh, you, you've got a whole bunch of real interesting quarterfinals that could be looming in the double L in the bottom half of that draw. I mean, it's just inevitable. Uh, you know, in Hill House, in the quarterfinals, they could be looking at playing somebody like Bridgeport Central that's playing really well. St. Joseph could be looking at playing somebody like Windsor. That's a terrific quarterfinal game. So I think uh, it's just inevitable, given the strength of the bottom half of double L, 
that you're going to see some some good games there. Uh, Trinity Catholic could have one of the difficult roads. Uh, they could go Harding, Bassett, and then they could have to play Stratford. Uh, and then they could have to play Wilby, possibly. And I actually spoke to the Trinity coach, Mike Walsh, this morning. And he went on the record saying if they get to the – if they can somehow get to the final game, they'll win the championship. What a murderous uh, – what a murderous ro- road that he's got to get there. But uh, you've, you've got some other possible interesting games uh, with Wilbercroft and Wilby and L playing each other in the quarterfinal round. I think that would be a really good game. So that, that's one I would also keep an eye on out for. Certainly lots to uh lots of exciting stuff to keep an eye on and it sounds like, you know, it's obviously this is something that that's hard to predict, but do you, generally do you expect to to feel like the higher seeds are going to be moving through or do you think this is a year where maybe there might be some more upsets um going through the bracket and if so, do you see any of those lower seeds that that look like potential uh teams that could disrupt things a little bit in the tournament brackets? Uh one team <laughs> One team, and I don't know what to make of it right now because they really died at the end of the regular season and didn't even qualify for the FCAC tournament, and that's Staples. Uh, if Staples can somehow get by New Britain in the first round, and when Staples is playing well, they can because they have a great one-two punch in Peter Ankowitz and James Bouchonante. But if they can get by as a 25th seed, uh, I think is uh, possible. They could be looking at another FCAC. School, Ridgefield or Greenwich uh, in the second round, and Staples is capable of beating either of those two teams. So if I had to look at double L as a possible really, really low sleeper that could maybe do something, uh, if Staples can re- regain its touch, that's one that, that's possible. Uh, now, I, I think in double L and L, you got two 10 seeds that are Bridgeport Central is playing as well as anybody right now down here. And I think uh, I, I, I predicted them to win the FCI championship before the tournament started. They're going to have a tough time against uh, Trinity Catholic tonight. But I think Bridgeport Central is a really good 10 seed. Uh, the 10 seed that I absolutely love is Wilton in the L tournament. I think uh, they're playing really, really well. They've been a good team. They got beat pretty badly by Trinity Catholic in the FCX semifinals. But they have uh, they have a, really, have a pretty good draw there in the bottom half of the L bracket. And I would not be surprised if you ended up seeing a, a Wilton Bunnell uh, semifinal game there. So I think they're a 10 seed that could, could do a little bit of damage. So uh, 10 could end up being the magic number. Uh, Bassick at the 17 seed. You never know what's going to happen with Bassick. They're they're one of the most mercurial teams around. Uh, they always seem to peak at the end of the season. They didn't this year at the end of the regular season, and they didn't get into the FCX tournament. But I know Trinity Catholic would be very happy if Bassick somehow loses in the first round to E.O. Smith, which is quite possible on that long trip, and uh, not have to see any part of Bassick. Well, sounds good. So lots of good things to keep an eye on. Obviously, it's very, very early. The boys' basketball tournament going to be starting up in just a couple of days. The pairings are out on CIACsports.com. We encourage you to look them up. And Dave Rudin from the Stanford Advocate, thanks very much for joining us. We greatly appreciate it.
Uh, Joe, thanks a lot. Uh, you guys are going to have a great tournament to run this year, and I think uh, the fans are going to enjoy it. Excellent. Thanks, Dave. Great stuff there from Dave Rudin and great stuff from all of our guests this week. We greatly appreciate them all joining us as we wrap up the second episode of the CIAC cast. Thank you to Dave Rudin. Again, you can follow him on Twitter at Dave Rudin or check out his work at StamfordAdvocate.com. We thank Henry Chisholm. Follow him on Twitter at NHRHenryC or read his stuff online at the new nhregister.com. And again, thanks Pat Simon for him checking in with us to update on the Girls Gymnastics Open. Remember, you can also follow the CIAC on Twitter. We encourage you to do that. Of course, our Twitter site is just CIAC Sports. You can also check us out on Facebook, facebook.com slash CIAC Sports, and of course, CIACSports.com, where you can get all of the latest information, as well as the Tournament Central page, which I one more time encourage you to bookmark to stay up to date with all of the comings and goings. And again, you can also email the CIACCast at CIACCast at CASCIAC.org. So lots of ways to reach us, lots of ways to follow us, and we encourage you to follow and uh, subscribe to the podcast on iTunes. That would be a great thing to do as well. So once again, I'm Joel Cookson, wrapping it up for another edition of the CIAC cast. Thank you for joining us. We'll see you again next week.